0: Welcome back to One Winning Pod, where Todd Munkin is our new offensive coordinator. He is a 57-year-old coaching veteran who's been coaching the, in various, I don't know, capacities for 34 years. Last stop was in Georgia, leading them to two national championships. Previous coordinator in 2019 with the Browns, and also 2016 through 2018 with the Bucks. Looking forward to seeing this guy and what he'll do with our offense. Guys, how are you feeling about this acquisition?
1: Well, I mean, my initial reaction as someone who, um, I'll admit it, I, just, I don't know the coaches in the NFL or in college football outside of whoever's on the Ravens terribly well. It's just a, a weak spot in my uh, following of the sport, I guess, as we get older. There's only so much energy for anything. So um, I wasn't really keeping track of the names of guys, and this is – not someone who I knew terribly well. So my initial reaction was really excited that we got someone out of the organization. That was my number one thing, um, with all due respect to everyone who is there. Uh, I, I just think they need they needed an, an outside voice, you know, just to get some new ideas in there to mesh with what's already working. Um, so that was what I thought at first. Um, and then finding out that he was the offensive coordinator at uh, Georgia, well, you know, i didn't watch much college football this year, but I watched the championship game and and loved, loved seeing everything Georgia was doing there. Their offense was really exciting to watch in that game uh, and seeing he was uh, there with Tampa Bay when they had really strong passing offenses uh, 2019, which was uh, maybe Baker Mayfield's best year in the pros, actually probably his best year in the pros. You know, the more I look at it, there's a lot to like. Um, it was he the best possible name the Ravens could have gotten? I'm not sure, but I think that my initial reaction without getting into the details uh checks a lot of the boxes we were looking for and certainly seems like something that can put the ravens in in a good position
2: yeah, definitely uh I think you know i do you think there's a lot of uh positive reactions around the fan base for Munkin. yeah I think his uh his work at Georgia the past couple of years i think are Uh, getting people really excited I know Georgia fans in particular are really upset that he's gone I'm I'm a little I feel like I'm a little on the fence um cautiously optimistic I feel like is probably a good way of saying it um certainly you know I think he has tons of experience I I do like the flexibility I think that he offers he's not really uh somebody who always runs like one particular scheme is adaptable Um, I do like the experience with the Browns from a couple of years ago. They run an extremely similar offense with the Ravens, at least what they were running. I mean, we'll see what happens with, with the new offense, what we want to run, but, um, you know, so I I do like that. I feel like I just felt that the Ravens should have gone in a younger direction personally. And maybe that's just a side effect of Harbaugh being head coach. You, kind of have to have somebody an elder statesman if you will at coordinators um just because that's his probably his least uh, uh area of expertise i think special teams and i think even defense i think he has a little bit more to contribute to uh playing cornerback for a little bit in i think his college career so yeah um cautiously optimistic i don't know we'll get a little bit more into it but but that's my initial reaction
0: <laughs> my honest to god reaction initially was uh okay, let me go look up this guy. Because I had heard so many names, I, I was confused who was who. So <laughs> I went back and I listened to like, uh, I think the, the show that Deep Cover did with uh, with Cole, or they went over all their people and I like searched around for the Todd part. And then um, I saw, you know, Garnett post a clip from the, um, that's kind of been circling around the community about two minutes worth of hip talk about, the idea of passing to win and attacking all parts of the field and using the best personnel you have to like get it in their hands and doesn't really like his schemes distributed to playmakers. It doesn't care about like what it looks like. And I was like, okay, I like everything I'm hearing so far. And then um, today I think was when I hit like the highest point I've been, because uh, the Athletic Football Show released an episode I highly recommend around the 32 minute point. They said that this is the most exciting part of the news that's come out since they last their show. They're super excited for what he can bring to our offense. And um, it just kind of confirmed to me that I think by doing 21 interviews across 14 candidates, I think they found an extremely good candidate. Um, I kind of agree with Chris that I was hoping for a younger candidate. Honestly, one that was almost less established because one of the things I'm worried about with Bunkin is that I don't know if he wants to be a head coach based on some of the comments he's made. So maybe he's safe at the NFL, like, you know, with us. But if he has a successful year and then he gets poached to be a head coach, it's like, I hope he brought in some good people that can run it afterwards. You know, I don't, I don't want this to be a flash in the pan offense. Um, and that's a risk you take with anything. Uh, so I'm not too, too worried about it. I think that's almost inevitable, but the thing that got me also excited about it is that, you know, Georgia was upset to lose him. The Buccaneers were trying to rehire him, and um, the Bucks fans were disappointed when he wasn't re-signed, so it seems like wherever he goes, people are happy to have his services and uh, are disappointed to see him go, so that that's also, like, kind of reassuring to me.
1: Yeah, the one caveat to that might be Cleveland, but um from looking into a little bit of that, it sounds like there was a lot of uh I be, be you guys will be shocked to hear it, but there was a dysfunction, <laughs> dysfunction there. Dysfunction in the organization um, while he was there. <laughs> um yeah, the I didn't get a chance to deep dive into it, but the one article I read cuz that was an, a a question that popped in my mind. Um sure, he jumped from Tampa to Cleveland. I'm I'm going to guess they gave him more money or something. Um understandable but then you look at his resume and just like huh just one year in Cleveland why was that just one year and and the short answer is Cleveland and an interesting nugget I saw in uh the article I have linked here uh from the Browns website uh explaining the move when it happened was a note here that um apparently Munkin did not call the plays when he was there so uh, it was his offense but uh kitchens the head coach then was the one calling the play for a reason they didn't want to do that right. doesn't sound like a smart move based on what we've seen from Tampa and Georgia but um yeah so i mean we you know i guess we can't take everything that happened in cleveland and, and compare that to what we'll we'll see here but um still another data point but yeah i, I mean I, I agree he's he's had success where he's been uh, and i would say more success than let's say before Greg Roman we, we know when the Ravens brought in like like a, a Mark Tressman or or Marty Morningsweig both guys who had you know i, I would say up and down 10 years uh in their time in the NFL some some spots where they did really well other spots where they did not as much uh so seeing more consistency in his resume is another thing that gives me helps me feel a little better at least like when you look at at, at those hires i think just going from the past what this guy brought we're seeing more instances of consistency uh, from what he's been able to bring from organization to organization than some others. The Ravens have hired in the past.
2: I just wanted to look back at some of the other offensive coordinators, that the Ravens have brought in and, and kind of like what their ages were. So it looks like Gary Kubiak, uh, obviously head coach of the Texans for a couple of years. Uh, he's 52 when he came to the Ravens, obviously only lasted a year then went to the Broncos as head coach for a couple of years until he retired. Um, Tressman uh, was actually 59, a little bit older than Munkin. We know what he brought. It makes me a little sad that uh, reading these articles here that Kyle Shanahan and Tressman were the finalists for the Ravens that year. Oh, oof. Oof. <laughs> um, <laughs> big oof. Big miss. <laughs> but uh, Marty Morningleg brought in his QB coach. I think he was 53, 54 or something. Kind of around that age as well. I mean, he... It took a couple years before he was uh, eventually promoted to offensive coordinator, and then I uh, actually didn't look up Greg Roman. I don't think he's that old though, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it 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 certainly tracks <laughs> for how hardball I think wants to hire offensive coordinators. I don't know what it is, man. I don't know what it is about the the age of it. We're just we're yeah. we're willing to kind of you know sacrifice a little bit on the offense. I do think the good news. It sounds like you know from the rumors at least that. Uh, Lamar did have some input on this, so what, unclear as to how much uh, input that means. But, you know, I would. Uh, I think most of us would like to think that uh, he certainly signed off on it and was was happy with this move if he's also upset with the organization. I don't think this changes anything. Uh, not that I know anything, but, you know, just that's my guess. But that's kind of another kind of like somewhat related thing. It's nothing to really do with Munkin, but just kind of like the, you know, What what's Lamar doing? What's the status of his contract? Like, is he going to resign? What are the Ravens going to do with him? Kind of thing. I feel like I have no clarity around whether Monkin changes this. Is all like I could see if Lamar's like cool, I could see the you know us having an offense as good as what he did at Georgia. Let's let let's ride. Like, come on, let's just (laughs) do it. I could see that, and I could also just see like, well, okay, Lamar's not in their plans. Go out and get a rookie QB and have this guy build an offense around it. Like, I mean, with a guy with that much experience, I think you know, either is possible. Um, But yeah, it's to me. I I don't know how you guys feel, but to me, it's 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 almost even more
0: cloudy as ever. I think we'll get no clarity on this situation um, until after Tuesday of next week. So we're recording Thursday, February sixteenth. They said on Tuesday, what is that? uh 21st yeah tuesday the 21st at 2 p.m they're going to do a conference with munkin and i can't imagine it being overshadowed by lamar news uh so i mean maybe if they reach an agreement soon they can't help themselves but uh i think that they'll not have anything to say for a little bit there i'm hoping it comes sooner rather than later i'm also uh not enjoying the baseline I don't know if it's anxiety or just like uncertainness of the situation. I just want it to be over with and us be able to proceed with our team building plans. But um, I honestly think if anything, this should be very exciting for Lamar. One thing that he likes to do with the ball is attack the intermediate to deep routes. I think Lamar enjoys throwing that kind of way he attacks all parts of the field. He knows how to use RPO, and he knows how to use a running, like not even a running quarterback, but he uses quarterback rushes, and he's never had his disposal because no one has, unless they've been Greg Roman, a uh, you know quarterback like Lamar Jackson. And I think it's going to be so cool to see how he's able to utilize his unique skills and the rest of the skill players around him because one thing that you'll see you know, I think a lot of people looking at last year in Georgia, they're like, uh-oh, this man, he's a lot of 12 personnel. He loves his tight ends. It's G-Robe part two. And it's like, well, the year before, he was throwing the George Pickens and James Cook a lot because those were the best players. Now, then his best players were tight ends. And I like a guy who, based on the personnel you give him each year, can figure out and adapt – who he's going to be passing to. I think it's great. You know, if we have two tight ends on the field and one of them's Isaiah Likely and the other one's Mark Andrews, I'm not going to be too upset. And I don't think many Ravens fans should be upset. They just have like two dynamic players on the field that could do a lot for you at both the run and pass game. So that feels good. Um, but yeah, like we've seen him be successful with wide receivers. We've seen him produce a 1,000-yard wide receiver at every single stop while he's been a coordinator in the NFL, sometimes two. Um, Mike Evans has had his best years under Bunkett. I can't see why you'd be that concerned about like it. Ha- I feel like it almost has to be a better offense from a ski perspective, and us being happy. I think you'll have a better idea of game flow and calling plays in the right situation, and not trying to like galaxy brain like we thought Roman would do from time to time. I just, I just have confidence that this is going to go quite well, and it could go extremely well. But I think the floor is pretty darn high.
1: You started trailing off into territory I'm not quite ready to uh, sign off on yet, <laughs> but. <laughs> Hey, you know, I will agree with your last statement. I do think the floor is high. And going back to something Chris said a few episodes ago, that is kind of the direction the Ravens have to to take with some of these positions on the offensive side, particularly wide receiver. And I think, you know, looking at your offensive coordinator in that same vein probably isn't a bad way to go either because we've seen the Ravens do some it takes some risks the past couple seasons in the identity of their offense uh, in the uh, personnel they put out on the field. And like we've said, some of it's worked and some of it hasn't. And we've kind of seen the result of that the past two seasons um, when it can go bad. We've seen when it can go well in 2019 and 2020, I think the Ravens have to do a little bit better job of, of having a sounder foundation that's more balanced. And that's, that's what this guy has been at, at every stop he's at. He, Like Alex said, he adapts to what's there. Now, the, the second side to that, and hopefully that I, I have no idea if this is what the Ravens are, are thinking, but what you have to make sure you don't do there is get complacent, be like, oh, we don't need to address the wide receiver room any more than we have in years past because our offensive coordinator will just adapt to having no wide receivers. No, no, no. We have, (laughs) I think what you have to do, look at that is be like, we have a guy that if we have injuries, that if guys we're counting on um, are out for key stretches of games, we have an offensive coordinator that can, can revamp what we're doing and, and can get us in a better spot where we're not dropping from one of a top 10 offense in the league to literally the worst offense in the league, which is what we saw last season. Uh, with all due respect to to Roman and Huntley and what they tried, the numbers don't lie. The Ravens offense was abysmal after Lamar Jackson went down. Um, so you look at that, I think that's something that he can, he can help. This is a guy that can help with that because injuries happen in the NFL. If you're a guy who can adapt year in and year out with different personnel, I'd imagine that would translate into when you're having to deal with having to adapt week in and week out when you have different personnel in there due to injuries that will happen at the NFL level. So like I said, hopefully the Ravens look at that as, you know, we're still going to try and get this guy a balanced offensive personnel to work with along across all positions, but we know that we can fall back and, and, and this guy can help us adapt in the case that we have, uh, unforeseen injuries or performances, uh, like the, the second half of the past two seasons.
0: You bring up an interesting point, Peter. It's something I literally said to Jason from It up films earlier today. I was like, man, with everything I've learned about Munkin over the last few days, I can't help but think if we had him instead of Robin last year, when Lamar went down, our offense might have scored a couple more points. We might've won a couple more games and it might've been the difference in the playoffs here and there. And who knows what would have happened That's revisionist history, but it, it, it was something that crossed my mind too, is I think that he would have been able to, uh, put back up the deck of cards after they fell a little bit faster and a little bit more, uh, you know, resilient, so to speak than that Robin did. So uh, it's interesting to hear you say that. I think you're completely on point. We have to plan, we have to create a higher ceiling for ourselves by acquiring better wide receiver talent and, and improving our offense in that direction. However, it is cool to know that he might be able to adapt and use guys like J.K. Dobbins more in the pass game. You know, I, I saw what he used with James Cook, and I got excited because I really do think that J.K. Dobbins could be a dynamic pass catcher as well as runner in this offense. And seeing the way that he uses the running back in a couple of the, the film snips, I, I would I recommend – uh, all twenty-two films put one out. Uh, kind of, it wasn't really organized. He says he's gonna do something a little bit better this weekend of just like film, and you'll see the running backs even in the pro ski. But you even see it more in his college film, and that's hard to find because college film gets uh, struck down hard by the big NCAA. Uh, I don't know, overdog <laughs> or uh, I guess watchdog rather, but uh, yeah, it's uh it's something else, but. I'm excited to see what he could do and how he's able to use the best players he has and put up
1: in the best position to succeed. To that point, I, I think that's another uh, part of what he can bring that I'm excited for. You know, we're, we're talking about the Ravens wide receiver room questions of how, how good anyone is in there uh, abound, but there is still the argument that these players um, that we haven't seen much from uh, I mean Devin Duvernay we've seen we we started to see some from him this past season but then that trailed off. Uh, James Prochet and Tylen Wallace obviously we want to see a lot more from them. It, it's totally possible they just aren't being utilized correctly and and he his scheme he can find a way to bring their talents to the football field and and, and make them, you know, at least contributors. Uh, maybe they're not key role players but at least guys who can contribute. Of course, like these, I, I keep having to say this, even though no one from the Ravens brass is listening. We still want to see if we can find guys who who might be a little more proven than that. But um, it'll be really interesting to see what he's able to bring out in some of these skill players. Uh, maybe even bring out more from established guys like Lamar and and Andrews um, under his his tutelage. And a guy, I'm not the first person to say this. Uh, multiple people have said this, and I, I 100% see it with, with watching. What Georgia did in in the championship game, uh, honestly, it was the number one thing that stuck out in my mind watching that game. Before I even knew that the Ravens were, I mean, this is a month ago. I didn't know he was a guy the Ravens were looking at. Utilization of the tight end, it was masterful. I, I, that whoever that guy's name is, that guy in Georgia, Bowers, he's going to be tearing yeah, it up in the NFL. He is, <laughs> he's an absolute beast. He he just looks yeah. like the next gronkowski it looks like a combination of gronk kelsey and andrews he's just (laughs) an absolute monster and and, you know they they have him running deep posts they have him out running seam routes one-on-one with the cornerback they've got him running jet sweeps i i think i'm really interested to see what he can do with isaiah likely and again, like I said, I, I'm, I'm not the first person who said this. Multiple people who cover the Ravens have, have said this, and I, I think we're all on to something here. I think likely we'll have a huge year in this offense. He's really going to unlock him, I, I, and it's it's going to pay dividends for the rest of the team. Uh, that's the, something I'm really excited about that I think is something that we can really bank on, is that he's going to have a plan for for this guy, and we're going to see him really used as a weapon Uh, much more so than we did his rookie year.
2: Yeah, would certainly be a positive. I think, um, you know, with Roman being able to craft a run game, definitely a forte, but, um, you know, even with the lack of skill position players, I think it's still, honestly, I feel like the offense still kind of like ran through the same players. Unless, I mean, unless in the case of Andrews of just, you know, injury and then maybe trouble getting open. Um, but I mean, you saw it like repeated, just like trying to get to Marcus Robinson involved just because like everyone else, I guess, not being in the right role or just, you know, not being the right fit for something. Um, it was, you know, very i don't know it was just very stale from just like a pass game of just always trying to throw to the same wide receiver one whoever that is no matter like it's like as long as you're in that spot like you're going to get targets but if you're not in that spot you're basically never going to see the field um so yeah i mean you know i I may be you know a little bit different on this show just like i don't you know i I certainly don't believe that james crochet and some of the other guys are like the one uh are going to be these uh skill position players that munkin is going to uh you know, turn around the career. Um, I I think, you know, there, there may be one or two players like that. I think likely he's probably a good candidate. You know, maybe there might be one other guy on this, on this team that might be a a candidate. I think Bateman, I think is a natural one, but we know that he was going to do stuff before, uh, before Monkey came in anyway. But, but yeah, um, it would be nice to kind of have a little bit more consistent production from some of these guys and, you know, the, the two and three spots uh, as much as the run game has been such a focus and, and Andrews have been such a focus, balance is good, you know? I mean, I think that's one thing that the Chiefs learned, I think, from from this year winning the Super Bowl. They had, you know, they had a ton of balance. They needed to rely on that. They didn't have Hill anymore. Uh, they still could force-feed Kelsey when they needed to. But, honestly, a lot of guys in the Super Bowl, I mean, they stepped up. You know, Juju, MBS, um, a lot of those guys. So, yeah, I mean, if Monkey can bring a little bit more of that to this offense,
0: I'm all for it. I think it's been alluded to all episode long, but to kind of make it clear, this guy doesn't really have a particular scheme, so to speak. He's not like Iron rod Offense X. He, this guy has everything in his bag, and he changes it up week to week, it seems, based off the opponent and what he wants to try to exploit. So I think it's going to be exciting to see each week what the game plan is, and knowing that you have a guy who basically is like the... Uh, I mean, we always made fun of Roman with the Cheesecake Factory of plays... I think this guy might have a Cheesecake Factory level of schemes up his sleeve. And he's like, you know, if you want a little bit of uh, Asian fusion, I got that. If you want a little bit of Americana, I got that. If you want Italian, I got that. <laughs> you know, this guy, I think he's going to have a little bit of everything on his menu and able to break it out week to week based on what the uh, opposing team doesn't want
1: to see. Man, Well, the good thing about that, as opposed to vault, is that if you don't break break stuff out in the kitchen, it starts getting a little stinky, so... <laughs> You know, there's there's uh, no you're actually discouraged from from keeping it, you know, and, and never using it. <laughs> so <laughs> won't have that issue that we had with Roman, presumably, if if that's true. One thing I I do want to talk about, and and Chris has done a great job at making at at keeping us on track here. And I'll be honest, I haven't done enough of of a dive into this to to give too much here, but. Like you know, it's the off season. Obviously, Ravens made a move. There's things we like about it, so of course we we really, um, really accentuate that stuff and and really uh, get overhyped in that regard. And like I said, thank you, Chris, for for pulling the curtain back a little bit and keeping us a little tempered. But are there anything that we look at this guy and we're like, you know, I don't want to say like necessarily red flags, but like things that that might we might want to look at that and say like, okay, maybe, you know, this might not be the most amazing thing ever, right. <laughs> to get us at, make sure we don't fall into the off season overhype train. And I'll be honest, I haven't looked enough to, to look at, uh, what his weaknesses are. I, you know, it's, a, a lot of the coverage right now has been glowingly positive as is expected with a big move like this. And we've looked at the numbers and he's had a lot of success. Um, the only thing I've really found so far, and honestly, this is probably more of an oddity than anything that's anything an actual concern. Um, we have seen over the past two seasons, Lamar's uh, turnovers go up the past two seasons. I, a lot of that can be explained away. I shouldn't say explained away, but but not out of the realm of possibility to say, Lamar's trying to do more the past two years because of injuries or because of contract. And that can explain some of the increase in in turnover frequency. One thing I did notice about 2018, the year the called plays in Tampa, and when he was offensive coordinator in Cleveland in 2019, was you you arguably you, you, he was coaching three turnover-prone quarterbacks, Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Baker Mayfield. But interestingly, in, in those years, all of them had some of the worst. And in the case of, of Jameis and, and Baker, uh, their worst years as far as turning the ball over. Now, is that because of the scheme or is that just because, you know, just coincidence? I'm not sure, but that was just one thing that, that I saw looking at some of the numbers that stuck out to me as an oddity. Um, again, though, could mean absolutely nothing could just be a coincidence.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that's valid. Uh, I think another thing as well that I've been kind of looking at is, you know, just kind of looking at this guy's resume at, at Georgia and just being like, you know, Georgia's had a fantastic squad. Lots of really, really good players. You know, and some of the NFL stops, you know, I, I think the rosters have been okay. Um, you know, I guess maybe you could argue that the Bucks roster was a little bit better than maybe they turned out to be because they went on to win the Super Bowl two years later. I think on the offense, uh, you know, they definitely had some guys, but it wasn't until they kind of got Brady and Gronk that it really started to all come together. But for Georgia, yeah, I mean, certainly, like, I mean, that's a powerhouse down there. Um, lots of, lots of, uh, you know, recruits, lots of guys who got drafted very highly in the NFL. Um, so, you know, I'm, you know, there's always the question, I think, of just, you know, is it the coaching or is it just the the quality of player that you get there? I think it's fair. You know, I mean, and I kind of, I, I don't say that as like, a, you know, oh, I think he's going to be garbage. But it, it's just, just to support the kind of cautiously optimistic, like, he could be good could not be so good. Um, you know, it's not it's not a higher that I'm like, oh wow, this is great. Chris, would you be more excited for Beadaby? <sighs> That's a good question. Um I'll be honest, man, I think the backdrop I think of all of this is that in my opinion, I re like if Lamar's not re signed or if I mean I'll just come out like if he's traded, it not like in my opinion this really doesn't matter um because that's a mark of like it's going to be a rebuild and just like at that point like you know munkin could be a short-term thing harbaugh could be a short-term thing like really at that point like all bets are off it's really hard to get excited about a move like this you know and i i feel like that's just you know i feel like when mcdonald was in last year it was very clear of like okay he's gonna be the guy all the pieces are gonna be here we know we were going to have. I mean, maybe there was a little bit of a question of, like, whether Calais might come back or something. But, like, for the most part, all of our key players were here. We knew that there were a few people we were going to lose. But for the most part, the defense was intact and everything kind of expected to fall out that way. On the offense, is just the big question mark of, is Lamar going to be back? I think we're all kind of in agreement. The Ravens probably aren't going to bring Huntley back. So now you have Anthony Brown. And then at that point, like, okay, you know, the Ravens, we, we think if Lamar's back that you know the offense you know the the you know EDC might bring in a receiver might bring in a cornerback at first round but you know you don't have a solution now you have a quarterback hole like that's a big hole in this team so at that point like you just have no idea what's going on yeah so i i, th- I think i feel like the kind of root of it is just all like around that um Bien-Aimé, I think would have been interesting i think there would be some risk with him too of just i feel like a lot i mean I feel like a lot of this andrew reed you know it, it is a little weird i think for some of the players of like always kind of co- always saying like oh big red was like the reason we're in here but also eric biennemi like i don't know it's like a weird kind of dynamic of like how much is that really him or not but um i was actually personally maybe gonna see um it would have been interesting for the ravens to get somebody from the eagles coaching staff just because it's it's much uh more of a similar offense but uh once the colts hired uh was it Steichen? that That pretty much out so
0: I think those are really good points, Chris, and uh, I I think just to kind of go back, I I do share the concern about the interception rate that Peter brought up, mostly because I think when you attack the intermediate to long part of the field, it's just a riskier part of the field to attack, and the more you do it, unless you have a quarterback that makes great decisions, you're opening yourself up for that risk. To address Chris's concern, I I think it's completely valid, like, how excited can I get about this hire if we don't even know if Lamar's going to be here? If Lamar's not here, like, what's going to happen? I'm telling you man, if Lamar's not here, this is what the Ravens do. They go ahead and draft or pick up if he's undrafted, Stetson Fleming Bennett, the fourth, aka the Georgia quarterback, who is the walk-on uh out of JUCO at Georgia and then led the consecutive national championships. And then you just say, All right, let's see what this kid can do you know you have his coordinator already you already have some good weapons around him you do the brock purdy method and if that doesn't work out you got some nice picks because you traded lamar and you go ahead and get yourself caleb williams and then you got your next mahomes (laughs) and then life's good and then we're a dynasty all right (laughs) so either way everything's good
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right so i'm in the middle of you two (laughs) So here's my thing. I'll be honest. Like, I love Lamar Jackson. I love the Ravens more. I, I'm fully, like, I have zero emotions right now if Lamar comes back or not. Because where I'm at is, like, first off, the man's got to do what he feels is right for his life. I mean, we don't own him. If he feels like it's best for him to go to another team, he'll go to another team. If he feels like it's best for him to stay with the Ravens, he'll stay with the Ravens. But, you know, I have faith in this organization that if they lose Lamar Jackson I mean it'll be one of the worst things that'll have ever happen one of the worst blunders of front office um, betting wrong on a player that they thought would be loyal to the franchise would be able to be um, in the fold um, I still think he's going to sign long term eventually I have no inside knowledge of that but let's say that he doesn't I look at it Bennett he looked great in that game, but I looked at some <laughs> draft boards. I don't even see him in any top twenties. Uh, maybe I'm looking at the wrong ones. But no, I don't he's
0: think. That's why I'm saying he's be drafted. You just like you don't have to use any draft capital. You're sure going to take a flyer on, on him. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I I, mean, I, I, maybe I honestly could. would sure he's almost stud if he is brought on yeah. to camp. Like but if see, he's not drafted, I think he's in yeah. camp. Yeah.
1: But that's actually something that that I look at that and I'm like, maybe this guy has a quarterback agnostic scheme because you look at where he's had success. Uh, I mean. Jameis Winston he threw 30 interceptions that year, threw 31 touchdowns, led the league in, in passing yardage. That offense was popping. It scored a lot of points. Gave up a lot of points, too, with the interceptions, but it scored a lot of points. That was the Fitzmagic year. Uh, Baker Mayfield, like we said, had he looked okay. He had his best year in the pros there. And Bennett, like we're saying, not a guy who was highly highly touted. He's not someone who's being looked at as as a legitimate or maybe even as an NFL prospect at all. And this guy was able to, to get a great year out of him. I think that if Lamar's here, then that's going to be great for him. He, he'll really thrive. But I do think that if the Ravens have to move on from Lamar, this is the type of coordinator you want to, to, to try and find someone and, and get them in an offense where they can be successful quickly. And it would not be a route that would be pretty. Like there would be bumps along the road. I don't know, there might be a little bit of a playoff drought there, but I I, I it looks to me like the Ravens are covering both bases with this hire. If Lamar's back, you're golden. If he's not, then you've already done step one to rebuilding an offense around the new quarterback and getting them successful. We'll see what happens. I don't know, but that's where I stand right now and Again, if Lamar doesn't come back to the Ravens, I'll be disappointed as everyone else, but you got to have faith in a front office that has uh, gotten to a lot of playoff games, uh, gotten to two Super Bowls. The Ravens will be able to recover from that within three years, I believe fully. That's how good this organization is. Um, And I think this hire is is something that would help them in that situation.
2: That's a good point, yeah. It definitely feels like a move that you make to hedge your bets you know
0: yeah and and for what it's worth i think maybe sets of bennett is your quarterback too uh (laughs) if if you have to go with the undrafted guys because uh you know he has a lot of the issues that uh i I hate always knocking people but he's my height you know what i mean he's five eleven, you know (laughs) like it's not really nfl quarterback height you need to be really special to perform at that height and yeah he has a couple other things but i think he's a smart guy economics major you know he could uh he could do anything but yeah, no, I, I hear you guys. I just I was just trying to make a, a fun quip. But I do think it's a viable path forward. If if Lamar doesn't, you're making. Resign, wait, wait,
1: I gotta stop you. I gotta stop you. You're making you're making a fun quip. But if if he comes into the NFL and is something with someone, you'll you'll circle back here and take a victory lap. <laughs> <laughs> I always saw it.
0: No, I can't even say that, dude. I've like watched no film of him. I just I've, I've heard a couple things, you know, or whatever. But like I, yeah. no, I won't I won't take the victory lap. I only take victory laps with guys like Isaiah Likely, all right. Or like the yeah. first guy off my board, I was like, Hey, Ravens should draft Isaiah Likely. <laughs> Isaiah Likely.
1: Yep. <laughs> yep, you called that one,
0: and you called no, Alex Highsmith. To, I have to, I have to, I have to proclaim things like, or I should be like, the Ravens, the Ravens should draft, or the person the Ravens should draft is Alex smith goes to the Steelers. F. <laughs> you know like and he has like 10 sacks a the year that's that's what i'll I, that's the only times i'll say stuff like that i can't just name every player and be like well maybe they'll be good that's not the way i like to play so <laughs> yeah anyways it's draft season guys that's i feel like that's what's next so to speak obviously we'll do shows if uh other big news happens like particularly that that guy named lamar jackson free agency starts in about a month exactly um combine lots going on but uh, i don't even know what our next episode will be i don't know if we have anything we want to talk about that isn't uh mm-hmm. lamar jackson related at this point so uh, we might have to take a look through our evergreen content uh <laughs> and uh
1: figure out what we want to do next but we'll be around it's the off season. It's about all there is to say <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we will be back when there is stuff to talk about very healthy way to do it
0: for now, you can find us on Twitter at OneWinningPod, email us OneWinningPod at gmail.com, find our website OneWinningPod.com, find our YouTube channel at Pod. we'll be doing something eventually, soon, uh, and we won't waste your time when there's nothing else to say. So, see you when we see you, and feel free to reach out door the meantime.